It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. There we go. There you go. Yeah, we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, uh, March 7th, 2013. Thank you for being a part of the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me to my right, your left. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. And you don't sound very good either. Yeah, I think our board's messed up here. Well, it is messed up. There, there we go. go. How about that? Okay. Maybe that's, that's better. Those, yeah. well, there we go. Now we're getting it. We're getting we it. We should have done a sound check before we started. Now, we used to do that. We don't do that anymore. I guess we're going to get back to that. Yeah, somebody's been poking with the, no- the knobs there. Well, we're glad that you're part of the program, and hopefully you sound better than we do. Uh, we would like to put that to the test. If you give us a call at 877-381-4567, that's toll-free. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com, and you can sign in the chat room to the right of your video window and share your comments there. Looking forward to an important discussion on the subject of persecution. Jacob, we, uh, I think all religious people have been aware of and maybe paying special attention to new forms of persecution or, or maybe not new forms. I probably, that's probably misspoken. At least an increased activity level in the matter of persecution against religious uh, faith and practice. And uh, it's, it's somewhat alarming. It's not to be unexpected. Uh, but we should uh, be aware and then maybe prepare ourselves for what seems to be an escalating level of persecution against uh, those who have uh, convictions and, and morals and religious faith. All right. It, it does uh, appear that uh, intense uh, persecution or increased persecution is coming our way. Um, it won't take much persecution to make it increase from what we've experienced. Yeah, I think that's probably your, a good observation that we, we've been experiencing a time of real uh, uh, sort of ease in, in the matter of being able to pursue our faith and do what we want to do religiously. We've lived in a unique time and place in history, yeah. and uh, therefore we're kind of spoiled to the fact that nobody's really opposed us. And as you say, any, any level of persecution probably is an increase over what we've had in, in the rememberable past but it does seem that our world is uh the, the, the a swell of immorality is just coming our way it just uh we see it just it seems to be increasing at rapid rates yeah that's right now we understand that there are places in the world where severe persecutions are are still the norm we're just saying that where we live in our time and place we've been at relative ease but it seems like it could be changing and therefore we want to sort of Talk about that in the sense to be prepared and ready to face whatever may come our way. We want to hear your thoughts on the subject of persecution tonight. and Nothing new here, but maybe to remind us of certain principles that are revealed in the Bible and to encourage us to be strong in the face of persecution. Uh, so it's just going to be one of those uh, those topics tonight where we just, I guess, go over some, some things we already know. Yeah. Uh, we have an interview scheduled with David Fowler. David, David Fowler is the president of the Family Action, Family Action Committee of Tennessee. Uh, family, am I getting that right? Family Action Council of yes. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But he had an event that was going to run clear through our start time, so he, he uh, indicated he'd be a few minutes late being able to get with us on the telephone. So we're looking forward to a phone call from David Fowler. Some of you who live in the Middle Tennessee area, probably familiar with his name uh, he's been interviewed a number of times by media in our area on various legislative uh, things that are happening in Nashville and currently and we want to talk with him about a, a, a bill that's currently pending in the Tennessee legislature concerning uh, the right of students on college campuses to practice their conviction. All right. And so we'll we'll reserve that until he calls in a, a little bit later in the program. <clears throat> you, but that will give us an, that that will kind of give us an indication of the kind of thing we're talking about an increased level of persecution. 
yeah. uh, that seems to be taking place. All right. Earlier today, you sent out some questions that will be good for sparking some thought as well. Yeah. Here's the questions we sent out earlier today to our update list. And we got a, in the chat room, Patrick says, I'm glad the questions were easier than usual. And these, do, these are oh, pretty easy yeah, yeah. questions, yeah, yeah. but I think they're important ones. I hope everybody will agree that we need to talk about you this. A, you need to throw a softball every now and yeah, then. Yeah, we, 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 we can't keep increasing the difficulty yeah. level just uh, constantly. People will yeah, start, their, 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 their brains will start blowing up That's or right, something. Yeah. So we've got to give them a little bit of a break. But, and these are fairly easy questions, but hopefully they're thought-provoking ones. If you're not on our update list, get on it by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com and just put add me to the list in your subject line or in the body of the message, and we will do that. We send out on Thursdays a note about what our topic is going to be and start asking you for feedback. Here are the questions we sent out earlier today. Number one, who are some of the great Bible characters who suffered persecution? One of the things we hope to... Uh, to emphasize there, as we just do that very briefly, talk about great Bible heroes. In fact, all the great Bible heroes suffered persecution at various levels, yes. some of them extreme, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if, we, if we're being persecuted, we're in good company. That's basically all we want to draw the conclusion okay. there. Number two, what are the positive things that may result from persecution? Uh, I, I think typically we would think persecution is exclusively a, <clears throat> a negative thing. Yeah. But I think we can perceive that good can come from it. We want to talk about that. Number three, can we take measures to avoid persecution or must we always passively submit to it? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I think that's a question we want to spend some time talking about, especially under the prospect that we might be facing additional persecutions. Do we just have to take it, so to speak, or or is, is there anything we can do? Number four, what do you foresee as specific ways that we may be persecuted in the future? What, and in that, I had in mind what moral or doctrinal areas seem most likely to produce persecution. Okay. And then finally, number five, what positive things can we do as persecutions continue to increase? In other words, what things could we do politically? What kind of things could we do in our communities? What kind of things could we do religiously as we anticipate an increase in persecutions? What, what are some things that we need to be preparing ourselves to do all right well as patrick said the questions are easy tonight so join in no fear of getting the wrong answer here uh let us know your thoughts about persecution on the program tonight our, Bert, fr- our friend you got randy's there Randy. yeah, yeah uh, and these are a couple things we'll try to include as we talk about these questions our friend randy up in jackson missouri said he would like to have asked is the true church more holy under persecution or under religious freedom and does the church grow more under persecution or under religious freedom? Mm. Uh, and I think we can incorporate those in the question think, we have. But I think those uh, are good. I those think, are good ideas. I think we have some case studies that show the answer to those questions. Yeah. We'll talk about those. Thank you, Randy, for putting those questions in the stack as well. All right. So we ask, uh, who were some of the great Bible characters who suffered persecution? And I, I think these are obvious to a lot of people. Ramona in Texas said David was persecuted by Saul, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. Jezebel persecuted the prophets of the Lord in the time of Elijah. Job felt like he was being persecuted. Well, there's some good uh, good references there. As you mentioned earlier, the list could be we could spend the whole night just talking about various characters. And I, th- I hope that most of our listeners know the stories. We'll just name the names, yeah. but yeah, those the, each one of those stories is inspiring. And I think uh, that uh, Roger and Ramona were sharing notes because Roger has some of the same ones on his list. Uh, Saul persecuted David. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were persecuted because they refused to worship the image of the king. Jezebel persecuted the prophets of the Lord. Jeremiah and Uriah, Stephen and the uh, Stephen the apostles, and many of the followers of Christ uh, suffered persecution. Thank you for that, Roger. Uh, Chris in the UK, who is our who's our long lengthy correspondent he always sends in long answers and sometimes we have to cut him and we cut have him not short. heard from the other chris uh, no but chris in uk uh speaks of israel's fl- uh, fate in egypt as they were oppressed uh okay. in, as slaves in egypt uh saul persecuted david shadrach meshach abednego uh jezebel persecuted the prophets of the lord amos jeremiah uriah uh, suffered persecution because they fleshed out the will of god in adverse circumstances the Psalms speak of the righteous sufferer who felt persecuted as a result of his faith in God. Uh, in the New Testament, Jesus was persecuted and finally killed. That's got to be the ultimate example. Here, here's a perfectly sinless man who suffered such horrible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in an evil world, disciples are to expect persecution. He gives some verses, um, and then he mentions uh, Paul, Stephen, James, Peter, um, the Apostle John. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then he says whole epistles like the books of First Peter, Hebrews, and Revelation were written to encourage Christians in situations of persecution. I think that's exactly right. All right, great. Thank you for that, uh, Chris. We're glad that you're uh, commenting. I think his, Chris is in the chat room tonight as well. Uh, so we're glad that, uh, to have him here. Patrick says, everyone who has remained faithful to God has suffered in some way. Some of the notable ones include Abel, who, whom Cain killed, uh, Joseph, whose brother sold him into slavery, David, whom Saul tried to kill, Daniel and his companions were persecuted for refusing to worship a false god, Elijah was persecuted. Indeed, all the prophets were persecuted and killed. Isaiah was sawed in half. Uh, the entire Jewish people were persecuted uh, by the Greeks. Women who insisted that their sons be circumcised were killed along with their babies. Brides, uh, brides were forced to sleep with uh, Greek officers before they could be with their husbands. Jews were required to eat pork and sacrifice pig to, pigs to Greek gods. The teaching of Torah became a capital crime. He quotes that uh, from a website, Torah.org. And uh, Judah Maccabee uh, endured much for the sake of his nation. So there's just a long history of persecuted people trying to serve God. Uh, uh, Keith, and I think he's in or near Lynchburg, Tennessee, mentions Joseph, uh, Jesus, the apostles, and Stephen. Um, Patrick in the chat room says, there is a saying, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. I might change that a little bit, Patrick. I'm, I believe that, of course, and I know you would agree, that the the seed is the word of God. But maybe we could say that the blood of the martyrs was like fertilizer for the church because when they spilled their blood, the church grew stronger and faster. Yeah, and that gets to some of Randy's questions there as well. Looking forward to hearing from yeah. you. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Should we go to your next question? Should we take a break and get uh, Mr. Fowler on the line? What should we do? Uh we might introduce our next question yeah. uh, about what positive things may result from persecution. We could go to, to Patrick's comment in the chat room uh, and a reference to Randy's question from Missouri. Does the church grow more under persecution or under religious freedom? I really think that in, in the times when God's people were persecuted, especially in regards to the New Testament church, we see it growing most rapidly under the times of persecution. And now we see the church at relative ease, at least in places. I understand, and I hope I don't, have, I don't come across wrong tonight by failing to mention, we understand there are places in the world tonight where people are suffering miserably because they're trying to follow the Bible. We understand that. But where we live, during, the, during times of relative ease, it seems like the church declines. Mm -hmm. And so in answer to Randy's questions and along the lines of what Patrick said about the blood of martyrs, sort of serving as seed or fertilizer for the church, uh, I would I would have to say it seems like the church actually progresses in times of persecution. We could reference Acts chapter 8 when the, when the initial persecution against the church became great in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, we remember that the saints had to scatter from there. And it says in Acts chapter 8, uh, verse... Uh, one, Saul was consenting unto Stephen's death, and at that time there was a great persecution that was against uh, the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Uh, therefore, it says in verse 4, therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. I've heard that situation described, Jacob, sort of like throwing water on a grease fire. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't put it out, you just scatter it. Yeah. And that's what the persecution in Jerusalem did. It didn't quench Christianity, it scattered it. All right. Well, we need to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about that. Uh, is uh, is uh, the fact that uh, persecution arises, is that necessarily a bad thing? Can positive things come from it? We looked at a long list of compliments to, of our listeners tonight of uh, people who suffered persecution reminded me of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, beginning. We can take consolation that when we suffer persecution, we are in great company. Uh, Hebrews 11:32. and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, 
Out of weakness were made strong, waxed vigilant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a cruel, cruel trial of mockings and scourging, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. A great list of people there that... Uh, and horrible things they suffered. And, and notice that they were tortured and they didn't accept deliverance. Yeah. There would have, there was, there's a way out of persecution. That's right. You can... I mean, there's, there's always the, the, the eject button there. You can, you can deny your faith. Remember not too many years ago, uh, the, there was a reporter in, uh, in the Middle East, and they, they were threatening to cut his head off if he didn't denounce uh, his belief in Christ. Yeah. And he, he did. And he did to spare his life. And and, and, and justified. It, yeah. was, it was justified in the media yeah. that this is the right thing to do. Uh, so uh, there you go. All right. Well, let's take a break. And I think we've got David Fowler calling us on the phone All line, right. and we'll go to him when we get All back right. from our Don't break. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the Virtual Bible Study right after these important messages. Do you remember when churches taught the truth in a straightforward and direct way with no sugarcoating? Can you recall when homosexuality was plainly condemned and unscriptural divorce and remarriage was not tolerated? Can you think back to a time when you heard hard sermons on moral issues like dancing, immodest stress, and filthy movies? Do you long for a return to the kind of teaching and preaching that you heard 30 or 40 years ago? The College View Church is trying hard to maintain the same moral principles that have been associated with God's people throughout the ages. They want to hold the line against the drifting that is characterized in so many churches today. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. No man is so foolish, but he may sometimes give another good counsel. And no man is so wise that he may not easily err if he takes no other counsel than his own. Man, wish I'd said that. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Virtual Bible Study continues. We're back on the Virtual Bible Study tonight, and our special guest has joined us on the phone. Uh, David Fowler, who is the president of the uh, Family Action Committee, or Family Action Council of Tennessee, is with us on the phone. David, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Sorry I was a little late getting on tonight, but... Well, I understand it's a busy schedule. You're, uh, you're, you're working pretty hard trying to deal with the kind of issues that we're talking about on our program tonight. We're talking about persecution and the fact that there seems to be an escalation of persecution against people who express a, a religious faith, who have moral standards... And one of the indicators of that is something that's been happening on college campuses, and you're trying to promote yep. some legislation uh, to deal with that. T- give us an update on what's going on there, David. Well, thank you, Greg. The, 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 you know, it's really been shocking to me, we think in Tennessee, that all this religious discrimination, oppression is somewhere else. And uh, when we filed two bills up here to, to try to preempt some of the things that are happening in other places, whoo! Boy, we found out that there are some folks that do not want us uh, preempting their ability to uh, stick it to the Christians, I guess you could say. And uh, the two bills, one uh, that was in the news uh, yesterday all over the place and literally all over the nation, uh, is a bill that that uh, tries to protect college campus ministries. Uh, right now, what is happening increasingly is uh, public and private schools uh, have these policies called non-discrimination policies. They've had them oftentimes for many, many years, but they've started reinterpreting them to say you can group and you don't allow anybody to be a member, a voting member, or an officer of your uh, your organization, then you're discriminating. In other words, if you're you're some sort of a Christian-based campus organization, but I'm a homosexual, and and so I'm going to test this. I'm going to I'm going to f- try to force my way into your organization, even though I'm a, 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 a very open and self-professed homosexual. And I, but I'm going to see if I can't get into your organization because I know you have standards against that. Uh, and and so that's becoming the test, right? 
Yeah, it, it is. And now a lot of people would say, well, you know, the FCA, Campus Crusade for Christ, Crew, Navigator, you know, whatever they are. Well, the students aren't going to elect the guy that, that's the atheist or the Muslim or the Jew or the practicing homosexual. But, but that's, not, that's not so much the, the issue, though it can happen, is that most of these groups elect their officers, for example, in the spring before they come back for the fall. And, and what, what's happened, is, particularly at Vanderbilt, is that there was an officer who over the summer came out of the closet and, and said, you know, I'm actively having sex with a man, you know, and, and they said, well, you can't be an officer. And uh, Vanderbilt said, no, that's discrimination. So that's how that's working. And, and then the only thing left for the group to do is to keep the person that no longer adheres to the beliefs of the religion or they have to disband the club uh, because they can't remove the person because that's discrimination. So this, there, there are two bills up there. Uh, one says that we're not going to allow any of our public colleges to do this. And the second bill applies to any public or private school if those schools have been authorized by the state to operate a police department. I mean, we actually have some private schools like Vanderbilt that, that have their own police department. They're employees of Vanderbilt. They're not employees of the local police department. And so what we're trying to say is, well, Vanderbilt, if you won't have that policy, that, that's fine. But the state isn't going to sanction it. It's not going to lend its approval. It's not going to entrust the protection of our citizens' rights to an organization whose policies show they don't respect religion. And yeah, that's that, the that, one that's really generated all the furor. And I think in your update you said that's sort of like having the fox guard the, the hen fox house. Fox the hen house. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people need to appreciate. Here, here's just a quick situation. Because I actually, when I ran for office, I had a politician uh, that, that leaned on some police officers to, to call people and tell them they had to remove my yard signs because it was violating the sign ordinance. Yeah. So I've seen a public accountable cop get pressure. But let's say you got two or three hundred students who, who are going to line up on West End Boulevard, which is a public street, okay, that's right by Vanderbilt's campus. And, and these students all know that major donors and alumni and the Board of Trust are all coming on campus for a big lunch tomorrow. So three or four hundred students are all going to line up on the street and protest and wave their sign and chant, protect our religious liberty and, and uh, whatever else. You don't want the employer of that police officer calling them in and saying, look, this is going to look bad for us, you know, and uh, I think maybe you need to find some way to break that thing up. Maybe uh, they're even disturbing the peace. I don't know, but you figure it out, officer. You get me? Yeah, yeah. Now, when that happens, then, okay, who's going to be held accountable? Well, the, the president of that university is only accountable to the board, and the board's in favor of the policy, so what do they care? What uh, what if it had been a pu public police officer, you know, we could have called out the mayor or the council member for, you know, leaning on the police officer. But since it's a job. private organization, we have no recourse at all. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been completely lost what, in this issue. What kind of uh, reception are these bills receiving on Capitol Hill? Well, it, it's a little mixed. I think I think we have more support than against among legislators, although... I will say the University of Tennessee is opposed to the bills. The, uh, uh, the Tennessee Board of Regents, which is, you know, UT, University of Memphis, Austin P, all those schools, they're against it. Uh, the Sheriff's Association is against it. The Chiefs of Police Association is against it. Vanderbilt's against it. The Private School Association's against it. The ACLU's against it. And, and, and so far the governor hasn't said he's against it, but he's not for it. So, so uh, in other words, we're seeing a, and this is sort of indicating what we've been talking about in our program is that there's a there's a rising tide of persecution against people of faith and conviction, and and yeah, here look, look at all these organizations and people who who can't see the obvious what 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 appears to us to be the obvious that they don't have to agree with nobody's asking them to agree with a religious position, it's just right. to honor the rights of people to have religious conviction. And they're not even yeah. willing to do that. No, I mean that's that. I mean I've heard some of the silliest things. Uh, UT came up, or excuse me, the Board of Regents, which rep, you know holds uh, Austin P and and all those kind of schools, and they said, well, we, we we don't know how to apply this policy. It says we can't we can't prohibit a religion from deciding you know who its members and officers are, and we don't we don't really don't know what a religion is, and 
I mean, that could be kind of almost anything. And, and you know, as the scripture says in Proverbs, every man's case is good until his neighbor comes and searches him out. Yeah. And when it was over, I got up and said, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear they don't know what a religion is because I guess that means they haven't been uh, uh, complying with the civil rights laws since the 60s, which uh, also say you can't discriminate against religion. And, and by the way, they, they actually said their non-discrimination policy says you can't discriminate on the basis of religion. So I guess they don't know how to apply that policy either. Exactly. Couple of questions. Couple couple of questions come to mind, David. One is a, a kind of a simple one, and it's sort of a subjective opinion on your part. Do you think Christian-based campus organizations are being more scrutinized than, say, Muslim organizations on campus? Well, I do find it very odd that you know we have not been, as Francis Schaeffer used the term, co-belligerent. You know, we, we may not have the exact same principles, but, but uh, you know, a policy affects us all equally. And I have been surprised that, uh, you know, the Muslim Student Association and some of these others have not uh, not risen up and joined with us. Well, but here's the I'm thing. Sure don't Yeah, don't you think the Muslim organizations would also object to homosexuals and others being members of their organization and officers in their organization? Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, I, I mean, if you... If you, if you believe what the uh, Sharia law says, that, you know, the homosexuals should be stoned. I mean, we even have a Vanderbilt adjunct professor kind of guy that helps teach theology somewhere over there that two years ago said that. that that's yeah. what the, the Sharia requires. And as a Muslim, he doesn't have any choice to accept it or reject it. It's just what it is. And, and, and that's what's really odd. I, I don't know if it's because those groups know that there isn't anybody going to even want to join their group out of fear if they uh, don't share that those beliefs I, I i don't get it i would think that they or, would, or do they know that, that that the officials are just going to look the other way in, in in their case but they're going to pressure the christian based organizations uh, and they're, they're not afraid of, they're not afraid that they'll be bothered by the by the administration possibly yeah i you know i i can't say I, I, but i do know that just my general sense is that Muslim Islam is sort of a favored religion among the liberals, yeah. you know, that's been oppressed and discriminated against, and we need to uh, do everything we can to accommodate it. One, one, and, more, uh, quick, one yeah. more quick question, David. Uh, if they can do this on a college campus, do you foresee or can you predict how long it might be before they take this and test it in local churches? In other words... The church here, where we're based, we strongly teach against homosexuality and same-sex marriage. And so, you know, you could you could almost imagine a situation where a homosexual activist would come and say, I want to be a member here, I'm a homosexual, I want you to know that, but I, I, I insist on being accepted as a member of this church. And if, if he's rejected on that basis, how long... Do you think it'll be before that happens? And if they can do it on a campus, what would prevent them from being able to do it in the general community? Well, to answer your question, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening. You know, in Tennessee, anytime in the next year or two or three or maybe even five. Now, I'm shocked. I, I got into politics with the state office in '95, and where we've gone in 20 years has been shocking to me. But I do think that there are other ways they get at it. They can say, well, you know, we're not going to we're not going to allow certain things to happen with churches. Uh, we're going to zone them in certain places, or or somehow try to otherwise restrict some of their other liberties and put pressure on the church. David, are you there? Well, I think I think your cell your, your cell phone's cutting out on us real bad. I think we may have lost it. I think the ACL may, ACLU may have. Do you think uh, they may have hacked, line. hacked the line and we lost I it? David, are you there? Oh, they scrambled his. They scrambled his line. We've yeah. lost it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we're up to we're up to the time of a break. We'll take our break and appreciate those good insights from David Fowler with the Tennessee, uh, with the Family Action Committee of Tennessee. You can look them up on their website and get some information about the work they're doing. Uh, we appreciate uh, him for talking with us about some of the things that are going on right here in Tennessee. All right, we'll take a break. Get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this.
After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. Imagine this. You walk into a fast food restaurant and order a hamburger, fries, and a Coke. That's the all-American meal, of course. But then you notice that it seems to take an unusually long time to get your food. Finally, the gal at the counter brings up your order. Piles of food on three separate trays. What's all this, you ask? Well, answers the waitress, it's one of every item on our menu. Your bill comes to $85.68. You protest, I didn't tell you to bring me all that food. But, she says, you didn't tell me not to. Could this happen? Of course not. We all know that when you specify what you want, you automatically eliminate other options. We operate with this understanding every day. In fact, this logic is so standard that we don't even think about it. When you order something from a catalog or call in a pizza or write a grocery list, you naturally assume that it's understood that you want only what is specified and nothing else. What's the point of all this? Simply that in religious matters, we ought to employ the same logic. God has perfectly revealed through his word what he wants us to do in his service. We should naturally assume that since he has told us what he wants, other things ought to be left out. For example, what about music and worship? The New Testament specifies singing. There's no mention of instrumental music in New Testament worship. Since God has told us to sing and nothing else, we ought to do just that. Someone answers, but it doesn't say not to play instruments. The scriptures don't have to say not to. That's the whole point. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Roger Toomes, and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the virtual Bible study tonight, I want to thank David Fowler from uh, the Tennessee Action, Family Action Committee uh, for joining us. And uh, he uh, called back during the break. And, uh, yeah, and he encouraged uh, us to... to get people involved in, in in supporting certain legislations and he mentioned uh, he, he mentioned too while he was talking to us on the third on the phone during our break go you can go to their website it's the family action committee of tennessee f-a-c-t is the acronym Back, family A- family action committee of tennessee f-a-c-t-n dot o-r-g what is it again f-a-c-t-n dot o-r-g all right so you can go to his website and and check out some of this legislation, and you may want to get in touch with your representatives to, to encourage them to be supportive. Along those lines, I'd bring up uh, another question that you ask, and uh, that really I does uh, sort of dovetail in uh, to the discussion. Can you take action to avoid uh, persecution? Can, uh, can I, is it scriptural? Anthony is behind the board tonight. Anthony, is it scriptural for me? To uh, get involved with something like uh, family action. Of so Tennessee. we're going we're gonna to take our last question right here. Let's talk oh, about. I, was, I thought that was your, let's your, let's third, take num- your third question. No, number five. What positive things as, can we do as persecution oh, okay. continues to increase, well, like politically, religiously, in our community? Okay, so let's we'll go to that. that. Let's 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 dovetail to number five. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know I always go back to the uh, to the salt and and light analogies that Jesus uses. That we need to use our influence in you know in scriptural ways to uh, to do what we can to influence things for good okay i think so too you know it's getting kind of crazy out there and i think we're gonna we're gonna have to speak up and we're gonna have to let our voice be heard uh i was just reading it today in fact i clipped it for inclusion in our church bulletin this sunday uh information from the massachusetts board of education in an in a memo entitled "Guidance for Massachusetts Public Schools: Creating a Safe and Supportive School Environment, Non-Discrimination on the Basis of Gender Identity," uh, and it it talks about how that uh, all students here, here's just a quote. I won't read this all, but all students are entitled to have access to restrooms, locker rooms, and changing facilities that are sanitary, safe, and adequate, so that they can comfortably and fully engage in their school program and activities. In all cases, the school should be clear with the student and parent that the student may a- may access the restroom, locker room, and changing facilities that correspond to the student's gender identity. Some other students may feel uncomfortable with a transgender student using the same sex-segregated restroom, locker room, or changing facility. This discomfort is not a reason to deny access to the transgender student, and administrators and counseling staff should work with the students who are offended to address their discomfort and to foster understanding of gender identity, to create a school culture that respects and values also. So here I'm a guy, and there's this other guy, guy who used to be a guy. Now he thinks he's a girl. Right. And we're in the locker room, 
And I'm not comfortable with him being in the locker with me because he's he's a, he's a sexual pervert. Right. That the problem is me. They're saying right. the problem is me, and I, and they need to work with me and get me get me thinking straight so that I'm not offended by having that guy in the and locker. Anthony, room. was that going on when you were in school? Thankfully, no. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's sad and. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, I mean, and, and you, we're expecting our kids, you know, 10, 11 years old, to have the, the backbone to stand up to that. That's that's going to be a challenge. But it, but in response to this question, I, I think, like Anthony said, we need to be salt and light. We need to let our voice be heard. If we have students in schools and if we have influence over local school board uh, uh, members and their decision-making processes, we should exercise that. Okay. Now, that's not – I don't know how successful it can be, but we ought to work it. Let's read what some of our emailers yeah. said, Jake, uh, Ramona, number five. Ramona says, uh, we uh, strive to remember that the gates of hell will not overcome the church because it is built on Jesus Christ, Matthew 16, 18. The reality of Jesus Christ cannot be overcome. Stand fast in our faith and love one another. Pray constantly for strength. Know always that Jesus is by our, your side in all things, as he was with Daniel and the other others persecuted in the Bible. Remember in the end. In Revelation 21, verse 4 and 23, he will wipe every, away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be crying any more, for the former things have passed away. The city has no need of sun or moon or to shine upon it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Okay. So, Ramona, thank you for those comments. All right. Uh, Roger in Murfreesboro, Tennessee says, pray, 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 and continue to pray and read Revelation over and over again. Well, that's true. We, that Revelation w- will become more and more uh, uh, practical to our lives it seems uh and we have uh, this is chris in the uk uh who says uh the apostle paul warned us that everyone who wants to live a godly life in jesus christ will be persecuted second Timothy three verse 12 so realize that it is uh expected and normal pray for those who misuse or abuse you and pray for your leaders that you may live and worship peaceably where you live thank you for that chris all right and uh, patrick who's uh, sent an email but is also in the chat room by the way patrick said he had read that from the massachusetts board of education uh, said and says students and teachers who object can be subject to punishment, but he says legislators are working to close the, close the loophole in the law, but they haven't done so yet. So apparently some right-minded people in Massachusetts are trying to correct that craziness. Uh, he says in his email, pray, be faithful, be a witness, take an active role in political and public life as much as possible according to your ability, offer help to others who are suffering persecution, whether it be in prayer, friendship, or an encouraging letter or financial support. Fast, pray, and do good works as an offering for your own sins and those of others. Those spiritual sacrifices may not bring an end to persecution, at least right, not right now, but they may bring some in rep- to repentance. And Keith says, teach Jesus Christ to everyone and pray all the time. Thank all you right. for those uh, comments. Okay, so uh, again, it's obvious that we're seeing some increase in these kinds of uh, uh, activities on the part of liberals in our culture. It's not really very surprising and when we suffer those kind of persecutions, we should actually not be surprised that they're happening. Um, in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 12, the Apostle Paul said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. He didn't say we might. He said it was inevitable. It's a, it's a reality. We can expect it. So we shouldn't, you know, I, I suppose one of the things we really need to get to is that, that we shouldn't, you know, act like it's the end of the world or nobody has has known the troubles that we're facing. People have experienced much worse things than we're facing, uh, and they've done it with faith and commitment and dedication and determination. Uh, they can serve as an example to us. Uh, we should be aware that it that it's there and seems to be increasing, but we should have our resolve uh all the stronger to be ready for it. Got to be ready. That's right. Uh, this is where uh, the test is going to come. And we know that Jesus' stern condemnation of those who would deny him, we can't expect to be pleasing to God if we don't stand up strong in the face of persecutions. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, as we talk about things that we can do, positive things, I think Chris in the U.K. Uh, alluded to this. Uh, we're to pray for kings and for all in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. There's something we can do that's positive. Yeah, and that's and several mentioned pray. Pray, yeah. pray, pray. Yeah, right. All right. So that sort of segues us. We're a little bit out of order. But let's go to our question that we put out there. Can we take measures to avoid persecution or must we always simply passively submit to it? Let us know your thoughts on that in the chat room. It would be a perfect time for you to join in there. Should we fight 
uh, take measures to avoid persecutions, or should we just sort of volunteer for them? Uh, I think we can. I think that we get some indication from the scriptures that different situations deserve a different response. Okay. And and uh, for instance, we could take the example of the Apostle Paul. In some instances, he fled from situations where he was in danger, where the persecution was strong and his life was at risk. He fled from Damascus. He was run out of Iconium. He quickly left Thessalonica. But on other occasions, he went back to Lystra shortly after he'd been stoned there. He went back into that city. Uh, He headed for Jerusalem, even though he knew that persecution was waiting there. In in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 23, Paul said he knew that, quote, imprisonment and afflictions await me. He knew that was there, and yet he went there anyway. And so as you analyze the life of the Apostle Paul, it seems that uh, every situation was analyzed, and his determination was made based upon what was best for the gospel, for the furtherance of the gospel. Uh, sometimes that meant getting yourself out of the danger situation. Not denying your faith. Not denying faith, Christ. not compromising truth, but getting out of the immediate mm-hmm. danger situation. But at other times he marched right into the danger situation. And knowing him and, and knowing uh, uh, his attitude toward the truth, toward the gospel, notice what he said there in Acts chapter 20 when they were, some of them were crying and weeping when, uh, when they thought that, you know, he, he might suffer these things. He said in Acts 20, verse 20, I kept back nothing that was profitable for you, but have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house. Uh, uh, he said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So that was the main thing to him. And I think that needs to be our main thing, too. It may be that sometimes we are able to remove ourselves from the danger situation. Again, I think bottom line principles are never compromise the truth, never deny your faith. Mm-hmm. But it may, it, 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 I think it's clear that it's not necessarily a denial of the faith to get away from those who are persecuting. For instance, we already read Acts 8. When the persecution in Jerusalem was strong, those who were there were scattered. Mm-hmm. They went everywhere preaching. They didn't renounce their faith, and they went out spreading the word. But they got out of that immediate situation. So it's not always wrong to get out of the immediate situation. All right. I was thinking on a little bit different lines. In Acts chapter 25, verse 11, Paul used his rights as a citizen. To, he, he, he evoked some, uh, some governmental policies and laws to try and uh, avoid exactly. some, some persecution. So, uh, so he appealed be, to Caesar. You know, yeah, we always use that, that expression. He yeah. appealed his case to Caesar. Yeah. So that wouldn't. So that shows us it would be all right to use legal means to try and. So there's another thing we could do. And I think that instead would, of just submitting, if there are legal means available to us, we could use those. Right. I would think that would maybe get back to the Family Action of Tennessee uh, uh, organization that uh, Mr. Fowler's a part of. I think it would be appropriate to contact your legislators. Uh, to, to try and get laws enacted that, uh, or keep laws from being enacted that would cause persecution. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I think we've already mentioned uh, uh, that we should be a voice. We should let our voice be heard. We should act as salt and light. Mm-hmm. We should inf- use our influence and example as much as possible. You know, this sort of segues, Jacob, with discussions we've had in the past about voting and elections and so forth. You know. That's just one way, and it may not even be that big of a way, but it is at least one way where we can let our voice be known and, and vote for candidates who uphold what we believe to be the right moral principles. Yeah. Uh, so that, that would be another thing to do. Um, and then, of course, what we also have to do is we have to keep on preaching the word. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we can't be silenced by those who would try to uh, to put a muzzle on us to keep us from teaching the truth, we've got it. We've got to be out there. We've got to be proclaiming the message. So I think that's bottom line: is no compromise of the truth, no hesitation to proclaim the truth, get the message out. All right. And uh, you asked the question. We need to take a break. But you asked the question: What do you see as specific ways that we may be persecuted in the future? What moral or doctrinal areas seem most likely to produce persecution? We'll talk about that. 
I don't think we got our listeners' comments from number two. What are some positive things that may result from persecution? That will get us back into some of the questions that Randy asked at the beginning of the program. We'll get both of those questions out of the way and take your thoughts as well. What do you see? Maybe just give us a a note in the chat room there. What do you see uh, coming down the line? Do you think persecution is headed this way? Do you think things are going to get tougher for those who are trying to do the right thing? Are they going to be easier? Uh, And how should we react to persecution? We want to hear your thoughts on the program tonight. We'll go to the top of the hour after this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Do you remember when the pulpit was used for the purpose of convicting sinners and teaching them how to be saved? Are you tired of preachers who seem much more inclined to entertain their audience than to teach the truth? Does it seem the sermons you are hearing each week could have easily be given at a PTA meeting or a social club? Do you remember when sin was called sin and at the end of the sermon you knew by book, chapter, and verse what the preacher was talking about and why? The College View Church is still preaching the old Jerusalem gospel that you read about in your Bible. They invite you to investigate for yourself. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. The 220th General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church USA narrowly passed a resolution against using corporal punishment on children. The resolution, which passed 334 to 306 with nine voters abstaining, also states that that the Presbyterian Church USA will now encourage, quote, all states to enact licensing laws prohibiting corporal punishment in schools and day and residential child care facilities. That information is via the Christian Post. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 24, we read, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight. We remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you've never been to our website, the address is thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can find out more information about us. And if you have any questions about what we believe or practice or anything you've heard on the virtual Bible study in the past, We welcome your comments at questions at collegeview.com. We're talking about persecution on the program tonight. and We uh, had asked the question, Jacob, what are some of the positive things that could result from persecution? We didn't really cover that. Let's read what our emailers said. We have some positive comments here from Ramona. Ramona references Philippians 1, 12 through 14. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ, and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident in my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. There's some positive things that happened. Paul said Paul was being persecuted. He said, look, some good things happened. He had even been able to influence people in Caesar's own palace in Rome as he was a prisoner there. He didn't let it stop him from proclaiming the message. Good point. Good job. Uh, Roger in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, says, regarding Christians facing persecution, it helps them to become stronger in the faith and in their reliance upon Jesus Christ. We should not pray for persecution to end. Rather, pray for strength and courage and perseverance of those who are facing the persecution. 2 Corinthians 12:10 and Hebrews 13:3. Ultimately, there's a great spiritual. Ultimately, there's great spiritual riches to be had in facing persecution, not only now but in the life to come. Christ promises eternal reward for those who undergo persecution. Re- uh, uh, okay, go ahead. He references Matthew 5:10 through 12 and so on. I want to ask the question. Of, I want to. I want to talk about. Uh, his idea, his statement there, we should not pray for the persecution to end. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. What do you, you must have a thought. Go ahead. Well, I just wonder if that's. I, I just wonder if that's. If that's correct. I mean, don't we have Christians praying in the New Testament for persecution to end? I'm thinking maybe when Peter was in jail, weren't they praying that he might be released? Yeah. Didn't he go? I mean, there's somebody yeah. people praying that his persecution would end. Yeah. And we're told to pray that we might live godly lives or peaceable lives in all godliness. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I don't know. That I might mean, be that. Might, those might mitigate against. But at against the same it. time, God has promised that we're going to suffer persecution, so maybe it's one of those tight lines to walk. I guess, uh, yeah, and and probably our approach to dealing with that would be uh, that we pray that we handle the persecutions in a godly way, and that we be strong in the face of persecutions if they come, when they come, as yeah. they come. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, interesting, interesting idea you had there. I think. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you, Roger, for that comment. Uh, Chris in UK says patience and what comes from persecution: patience, endurance, steadfastness, uh, increased prayer, thanksgiving, testing, strengthening of the faith, experiencing the grace of God, being blessed through suffering. Uh, for Paul, persecuting Christians could be a living and a visible testimony to the 
I don't get. I'm not missing something there. He said, but but to the crucified and risen Christ, the Christians who were being persecuted served as okay a visible testimony to the crucified and risen Christ to Paul when he was crucifying them, when he was persecuting them. They served as a testimony to him ah. about Christ. That's okay. A, yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Patrick says uh, persecution can result in purification, both of the group and of the individual. Regarding the group, it results in separating the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. On the individual level, it leads to an increase in virtue, which leads towards perfection for those who remain faithful. James 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, that is an instruction uh, that's hard to... To, to, to follow, to, yeah. to count it all joy. Yeah. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-9, through 9, Peter, uh, Patrick references, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of joy, uh, glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Thank you for your comments, Patrick. Appreciate those tonight. All right. Uh, Keith, getting, oh, go ahead. Keith says uh, makes one appreciate their beliefs more. Certainly they're not uh, convenient beliefs, uh, Keith. If you're doing them in the face of persecution, you're gonna, your conviction uh, certainly increase. All right. And you're looking for something. Chris uh, in the U.K. has sent in another email in which he, he provides a rather lengthy quote from uh, Paul Washer on YouTube. Well, it's in the middle uh, of the night over there. Yeah. And, uh, Chris, I hope he's not listening to us trying to get rid of some insomnia. Yeah, I hope so, Chris. I hope you're, uh, but I hope. We have been known to cure that. If that yeah. is the problem, maybe <laughs> maybe we can help you out. He, he, this Paul Washer, and I'm not familiar with him, but on YouTube, uh, uh, he says, The church in America is going to suffer so terribly. You laugh now, and it, but they will come after us. They will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad. When we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerize so many trinkets, the net even now is closing around you and your children. And, and, and who, quote, who said that? This guy is on YouTube, and the man's name is Paul Washer, W-A-S-H-E-R. You might look that up. And uh, uh, the, the, clip, the YouTube clip is called Persecution or a Great Awakening. And that, that might be of interest to some of you. Chris okay. has just sent that in. Finally, we're just about out of time, but I wanted to get to number four, question number four that we ask. What do you what do you foresee as specific ways that we may be persecuted in the future? Uh, that is, what moral and doctrinal areas seem most likely to produce persecution? Well, Jacob, uh, when we were talking to David Fowler on the phone just a, a bit ago, I asked him about <clears throat> maybe some test cases arising concerning persecution. And I've talked to other Christians who feel like that's coming, you know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that homosexual activists will almost certainly infiltrate conservative congregations where people oppose homosexuality and same-sex marriage, and, and they'll try to make a test case. Now, obviously, there's thousands upon thousands of churches all across America, so they're not going to be able to hit every one of them. They're not enough and homosexuals. They won't have to worry about most yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Sad to say. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I mean, many of the main li- so-called mainline yeah. de- or mainstream denominations have already accepted accept- and promoted. Accepted, promoted, and even allowed them. Talk about not only allowing them membership, but allowing them to be officers. We remember we we talked to the uh, Presbyterian preacher from Nashville uh, a while back on the virtual Bible study, who said that you know. They, they, their organization had recently voted in favor of allowing openly active homosexuals to be in the in their clergy or their their uh, ministry. So most of those churches are, they've already got them. So they're going to come after the, the specifically conservative groups that are still maintaining a moral stance against right. homosexuality and same-sex marriage. Uh, now again, there's still thousands upon thousands of churches and uh, of various religious organizations across America. There's not enough homosexuals in America to be able to go to every one of those and make them a test case. But they I won't. They won't have to. Yeah. I mean, they they will. They'll they'll make a very public case, and then of they'll course when when they, when they get the liberal media and the liberal judiciary to to respond to their favor. Then what they'll do 
is they'll say, well, you, you religious organizations, you're going to either have to accept this or you're going to lose your tax-exempt status, for instance. Uh, there'll be other measures they take to, to inflict punishment upon those who maintain a moral stand against such things. I think, in my opinion, if I was going to predict where will the persecution come from, what, what areas will it originate, I'd say that, that, to me, is the most likely. All right. Well, let's see what our listeners have to say about that. Ramona says, freedom on our own religion in this country as laws are enacted. Our stance on gays and gay marriage, abortion, prayers, Sharia law. Plus the things we say or do, we must, we may be sued, uh, Ramona says. Thank you, uh, Ramona. Roger in Murfreesboro, Tennessee says, probably verbal persecution, but due to the homosexual agenda and the way our society is accepting this lifestyle, Christians who speak out against it may receive more than just public verbal abuse. There might be fines and penalties that would be levied on, levied on Christians. Uh, we know there may come a day when speaking about the sin of homosexuality is labeled a hate crime. I think that's coming. I, I really do. Okay. Chris in the UK says uh, there are some possible forms uh, that persecution may take by slander, shame, open embarrassment, dishonor, disgrace, uh, manner in which our Lord was accused of being uh, convinced, uh, uh, also uh, manner in which his uh, nakedness was openly displayed on the cross, falsely accused, might ensnare through deceit, trapping, tricks, uh, they might object, uh, be the object of conspiracy, mocked, scorned, scoffed, sneered at, betrayed, treated treacherously, despised, you have, uh, and then uh, hated by our family. He references a long list of, uh, of, of persecutions that the Bible references. Well, here. those, are the, those and, uh, are the persecutions, but I, I'm especially interested to, as here. to what might provoke those forms of persecution. And he answered that question. He says, uh, for, we might be persecuted for taking stands on biblical principles like the exclusivity of Jesus being the only way to God. The assertion, and, and there, there it might be like the Muslim religion right. mm-hmm. uh, used to persecute us. The assertion of absolute morality based on God's law, not by popular consensus. The definition of marriage between a man and a woman. The teaching of creationism, the flood, the Tower of Babel, etc. as a basis for how we came uh, to be and how we are as we are. Thank okay. you, Chris. And so there, you know, you're, you're going to homeschool your kids, but we're not going to let you teach them creationism, Jacob. You can't teach that. Uh, if you that. do, we're going to come after you. You, you. you can you can homeschool your children, but we're going to start making rules about what you can and can't tell them because you're not smart enough to figure out what your kids need and the state needs to be able to tell you what okay. they need. Uh, Patrick says, anything directly or indirectly related to human sexuality will be the biggest area involving persecution. Similarly, the right to life itself, uh, abortion, particularly for the young, the elderly, and the disabled. And the elderly, okay, right. Will be under attack. Public expressions of faith will be under attack. I think even the things we eat or drink could be issues. We're already seeing these things to a greater or lesser degree. School children and employees are already being punished for simple things like wearing a cross around their neck or a religious image on their shirt. People are already at least uh, publicly ridiculed, if not even fired or imprisoned, for saying that homosexuality is sinful or refusing to cooperate with homosexuality, for example, by presiding at a so-called wedding. Furthermore, some are already publicly advocating for legal recognition of polygamous relationships and other perversions of marriage. Abortion is already rampant, and there are already extremists, which are gradually becoming more mainstream, who advocate for the parental right to kill even young children after birth if they're unwanted. Assisted suicide, and he goes on. You've heard the the flap in the news uh, uh, that uh, Hobby Lobby and other uh, uh, companies who don't want to provide abortion in their insurance programs yeah. for their employees. They're, they're, they're being persecuted. They're start, it's starting. It yeah, is it's, starting. It is. And uh, Keith in Lynchburg, Tennessee, says he thinks persecution will come from Islam and from atheists. Well, those are two big, broad areas, but I, w- I would agree that certainly we could anticipate opposition on both of those fronts. Well... Certainly a sobering thought tonight, and um, we've got to be active. I, think, I guess it's time for our light to shine and do what we can. Yeah, we need to let our voice be heard. Uh, we, As we wrap our program up again, we want to express appreciation to David Fowler of the Family Action Council of Tennessee. And that's F-A-C-T-N dot O-R-G. That's right. F-A-C-T-N is the appreciation of Tennessee, obviously. So F-A-C-T-N. TN.org. You can get on his website. You can see some of the legislation that's pending in Tennessee. Uh, and he's asked that, you know, if you're able to, to try and indicate your support of those legislative uh, acts. And that would be one of the ways that we can let our light shine. Anthony, your thoughts uh, as we close the program. It certainly is uh, frightening. 
Right. Uh, and I, but uh, we can have confidence that God will be with us, and we can we can deal with what we got to deal with. Right. And you know, I certainly think some of those things are probably coming. I think right now we we need to be worried about you know sort of a mental persecution in a way. Um, you know, being shamed, being you know, made to feel that, that we're weird or outsiders or outcasts by the media and by society. So, And that's definitely happening uh, oh, yeah. pretty significantly already. And, Anthony, how do you get your kids ready for this? Because they're, they're going to probably face more than you do. Right. I, I mean, I think we have to be very careful about the things that we're that we bring into our homes, and, and we need to be teaching. And we, we need to not be shying away from these issues and, and actually talk about these things around the dinner table. What do you think? I think that's right. Good, good thoughts. Uh, Anthony. All right. Well, thank you for your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Anthony, for being here, by the way. Uh, thank you for uh, being on the program. Uh, glad that you listened to us and hope that you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible. And we're getting some good uh, responses from our listeners on potential topics. Yeah. Ramona in, in Texas has been really helpful in sending ideas, and we may pursue something uh, that she, she suggested this week. So we're she's been faithful to give us good ideas, and others can do the same. If you if you come across something you think would make a worthy discussion on the virtual Bible study, there's a so-called know. Church of Christ meeting in a bar. They call it the Bar Church. Wow. We may talk about that next week, probably. Yeah. Will. And if you have an idea, we'd like to hear your thoughts for a future edition of the virtual Bible study. We'll be here next week for another edition. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church.